0: And I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, so that was fun.
1: Yes, it was. I think we were in danger of dragging
0: on too long, so I was, like, and oh. we, we could on other topics, like, go much longer, but on what we had to say, like, because we were talking in such generalities.
1: I agree. Yeah, so. I think 38 minutes is good.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, so, anyways, now that we're done with that, we can uh, start our first post-show by talking about fun stuff that we need to talk about. Like uh, Yes. And not worry about spoilers. So if anybody is listening to this post-show, because we haven't decided if we're going to put it up yet or not, um, just know that we're probably not going to really worry about spoilers, as long as both of us have seen or read or whatever the things that we're talking about. Yes. So um, be careful.
1: So uh, I finished the entire Peter Parker run of Ultimate Spider-Man. Cool. And uh, I'm like 18 issues into... Uh, The Miles Morales And there's two things I want to bring up About this Michael Okay With you Uh, One Marvel Unlimited While incredibly cheap Is not nearly as good As comiXology I mean that is That makes perfect sense Right? Yeah (laughs) Yeah Uh, The thing that annoys me The most uh, Is that when you have Like two page layouts um, It's blurry And it drives me insane Oh
0: That sucks Uh,
1: It's it's And I don't understand why Because it'll let you View it like, two pages, like, even when it's a one-page layout, like, it'll put two pages side-by-side side if that's what you want. Right. Um, and it'll be fine. But when you go to a page that's meant to be a two-page layout, it's blurry. So it's, it's almost it,
0: like they're scanning it as only one-page size?
1: Or yes. Something. Yes. <laughs> that's weird. It is weird. And, I mean, it could be user error because, uh, Can you, you zoom know, in on it? No. Hmm. Uh there is – they do kind of have like a fake comiXology guided view, but it's not nearly as good. And once again, it will go blurry. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely a doubtful. The interface is also not very good. It took me a really long time to figure out how to go like back <laughs> <laughs> like once I was done with the comic. Um, so yeah. But on the other hand, it saved me a lot of money um, <laughs> finishing up Spider-Man but you know they don't have anything that's within 6 months of newness um, right and for some reason they're randomly missing uh, certain comics like things, that, things, that, are things that are available on
0: comicology or things that are just things that
1: are available on comicology like it'll be the entire run of like the last i don't know 15 comics of peter parker and it'll be missing like number 13 and you're like weird. why
0: weird <laughs> <laughs> is it not just so, a, may it be like a really weird organization issue where like if you carefully check their thing they might have it filed away incorrectly somewhere else
1: I, I tried that and it's possible but I couldn't okay. I couldn't find them so there were a couple that I had to buy through Comixology regardless okay um, but it's still very useful because you know comics are expensive right I will
0: probably do it for the things that I'm interested in but don't really have an interest in owning um, right but uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is probably a good example of that because I don't know how – and you know, and if I do it that way, then I can always decide to go back and buy it later if I really want to, if I really like it. Um, and I am the kind of person who will do that even when it's ridiculous to do so. Um, yeah, me
1: too. Me too. There have been times where I've contemplated buying Ultimate Spider-Man in hardback, and then I'm like, will I really go back and read these? I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: so I, I, uh, I really, really, really liked Why the Last Man. I'm really bummed out that I bought it on Comixology because I really want a hard copy of it now.
1: That's why I just went ahead and bought it hard copy. At least I have the first the first one. I haven't read it yet.
0: Well, the, the thing is, I didn't know how much I was going to like it until I was like halfway through.
1: Right, so, right. And I and I know that because you liked it. So yeah. but, I get uh, to use your uh,
0: And I, I have even purchased one copy of the entirety in the big Omnibus hardback thingies. Or not? I can't use the term Omnibus. It's not one one thing but whatever you know the deluxe sets and what like five or six of those something like that it's five five okay i i have number one so i bought all five of those for a friend for christmas and and it's just like i kind of want to keep this for myself
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i did with my little sister with something i I bought her hyrule historia and then had to keep myself
0: yeah i have that as well it's good
1: um Also, going back to Ultimate Spider-Man, I really enjoyed it. I cried when Peter Parker died.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this case, like, that's not a spoiler for me because I already knew it happened. Um,
1: it's not a spoiler when you title the comic the death. run Death of Spider-Man. So,
0: Yes and no, because if somebody has been following Marvel for long enough, there have been so many arcs where it has been the death of so-and-so and the person didn't actually die. That's true. <laughs> like it's, and I'm pretty sure that's happened with Spider-Man and Spider-Man but himself Spider-Man was has alone. died like five times. I
1: already knew he, I I'm pretty much anyone who is a comic reader now. Yeah. Pretty much already knows ultimate Spider-Man died. Cause everybody knows about miles. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, um which reminds me now that you're actually reading miles, um, you should read Spider-Men.
1: I will. When I get to it, Stop pressuring it, does me. Does it actually
0: take place in a specific point in the story? Cause like, I think it does. Cause I read it and I haven't read any ultimate and it just seemed kind of random. Like, it, it, like time
1: placement wise hold on i
0: had to sneeze so i muted that's thank you <laughs> um so placement wise like it didn't really seem like it it mattered at all what was going on like miles well, was there i'm just and... gonna
1: read it when it was published oh so the... it,
0: it, will it show up in publishing order when you're reading that stuff or,
1: um, I well, I don't know because it's too new to be in Marvel Unlimited. Uh, so that's a comicsology question. Oh, Is it really that new?
0: Yes, I didn't realize I read it so soon after it came out. Like, you I did. read it months ago now.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure it's newer. Six months is the general rule with Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Uh, but I, but I think Marvel Unlimited is going to be good for just me going back. You know, there have been a couple stories that I'm like, I would like to go read that, but I don't know if I want to spend. You know, two ninety nine an issue, right? To go read Winter Soldier,
0: <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, since I know bringing going back to Why the Last Man, I know I love Brian K. Vaughn so much now because, like, Saga is my favorite comic that is currently running, and I really loved Why the Last Man. And I kind of want—I don't know if I'm going to like Runaways enough, and I'm like f- five issues in. I don't know if I'm going to like it enough to want to, to buy a hard buy copy or not. So, like, so and Runaways was. Marvel, right? So, uh, yeah. So if that's on Marvel unlimited, that would be a really good way to get into that because I could read the whole thing and then decide, well, do I actually want to go back? Like, am I fine just filling out the digital collection when it's on sale one day? Or do I want to own this hard copy the way I do some, uh, you know, other Brian K. on stuff? Cause like, I love saga a lot right now and I'm fine keeping up to it digitally since like I got the first issue on day one of its release and every other issue I've gotten on its launch day. And, but I do plan on like later on down the line, like as soon as they start selling hard copies, it's just not that far along yet. But as soon as they start selling like hardback collections of it, I'm gonna be picking those up like first day. You know, I'll pre-order them
1: yeah. because makes sense. I, I
0: really like it. So, but I I need to check out like. Runaways. Runaways, because that was longer ago, and so I don't know, like when he got to the point where he was this good, you know? Um,
1: yeah, my my big problem with Runaways is the forced teenage talk. <laughs> the what? Uh, like, because they're teenagers.
0: Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. And so, like, the, the sort of so, fake sounding teenage. Yeah, and dialogue.
1: I'm like, I'm like, Brian Kavan, you are not a teenager. Just. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's painful at times. At other times, I can deal with it. And I guess I reached a certain point where I was like, I'm just going to accept this as a quirk of the characters that they don't talk like real teenagers, especially since the Runaways were teenagers when we were teenagers, Michael. <laughs> so that That's makes true. it even more painful. Because none of that
0: is language that we ever... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so because I think the Runaways started in like, what, 2005? Yeah. So that would have made them like two years younger than us. <laughs> sure.
0: so Runaways is the last thing before was that that was before. So he left that to do why the last man, right? I don't know. I think that's right. And then before Runaways was ex machina, I think.
1: And you're, um, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, okay.
0: So ex machina, I'm a couple issues into that one as well, just cause I wanted to see, and it was also Brian Caveon, And that is no, I'm
1: one issue into it. <laughs> Is Runaways the only thing he's done that's in the official Marvel 616 universe? I believe so. Um he's hopped around publishers a lot. Um
0: I, you know, I should know this better. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn.
0: That's correct. Um alright, his bibliography. Uh so oh okay, no, he's done some X-Men stuff. A lot okay. of X-Men stuff, actually. It looks like. Tales from the Age of Apocalypse. An issue of Cable, an issue of Wolverine, X-Men Unlimited, um, a couple of miniseries. Uh,
1: he did Volumes 5 and 6 of Ultimate X-Men, it looks like. I haven't gotten... No, I did read that. Did I? I read Ultimate X-Men... I want to say I read the first 50 issues, so maybe I did read that.
0: Um. Okay, so he did... It looks like 46 through 65.
1: Oh, no. Runaways, Michael, this is even better, came out in 2003. So we are the same age as the Runaways. Uh,
0: that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, because we would have been, well, I guess you're a year older than me.
0: Yeah, but uh, probably yeah, but less still, than that. We, I, we were teenagers
1: end. and they're all like 16, 17 year olds. And that's the year we, that, we would have been that age. That's funny. So,
0: yeah. Um, he's also done some DC stuff, apparently. I did not know that. main Mainline DC stuff.
1: I see that, uh, too. He's
0: done some Swamp Thing. I knew he did Vertigo, because why the right. last man? Why the last man, yeah. <laughs> um, and I believe, I, I could be mistaken, but I believe Vertigo Vertigo is... Is that completely independent, or is that an imprint owned by DC?
1: It's an imprint owned by DC. That's right.
0: It, it, and now it has become their stuff that is separate universe- stuff like because they brought hellraiser back into the main line or into the main line universe right i think so um yeah so
1: it looks like he also wrote some buffy season eight
0: really huh so i've i've read more of his stuff than i thought i had interesting Um, and
1: he wrote lost
0: parts parts of yes
1: parts of lost okay through seasons three through five it looks like okay which I still haven't watched Lost. Don't uh, judge you,
0: me. You sh- I, I'm not judging, but you should do that. Uh, it it's definitely one of those things, though. Like once it stopped airing, I like back when it was still airing, I was like, "Look, if you're not watching Lost, you need to catch up and start watching Lost." But now it's like, okay, get to it when you get to it. Like I really enjoyed it at the time, but there was that experience of waiting for episodes that was so significant, mm. and so now it's just like, okay, when you feel ready to watch Lost, but it's not like. It's not. It's as not depressing. like
1: Avatar, The Last Airbender, where if you haven't watched it, you should do so right now.
0: Right, you should probably stop this recording mid of my, middle of my sentence and go watch it. Um, right, but yeah, it's not quite like that. Um,
1: Understood. Yeah. I, I understand. There, are, there are a lot of things that's the experience for waiting that makes it the the, the fan community right that makes it uh, worthwhile.
0: And, and Lost was very much like it was knowingly done like that. Yeah. Which, speaking of Lost. And J.J. Abrams.
1: Ah uh, <laughs> no! You're gonna, we have to have an entire podcast <sighs> about Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: I don't know that we could do an entire episode on it.
1: Oh, I could. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch it right like because the day I of know that recording. You liked
1: it, and I didn't. So it's right true, there, but I'm have probably not entire... as strong on it.
0: <laughs> so I'm probably gonna have to like rewatch the episode, so it's all fresh in, or rewatch the movie, so it's all fresh in my mind. Maybe we. Can... I... Wait for the Blu-ray release or something.
1: We had a minute discussion at work the other day about Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: <laughs> we might have to wait until the home release because I'll have to re-watch it in preparation for that.
1: I don't know if I can watch it again. <laughs> Maybe just for Benedict Cumberbatch's smoldering looks. Because they were good.
0: <laughs> uh, um, okay, so that aside, um, I did have that fun like rant on Twitter about... Uh, what's it called, um, that movie, Wreck-It Ralph?
1: Yes, oh, I that.
0: That movie. I,
1: I don't know if I agree with your dislike of Sugar Rush. It's so, so poorly thought, like, it's just so... Uh, but I feel like it, it makes sense for a game. It's an arcade game. They don't usually go all out for the okay, graphics. So, so
0: here's the thing, right? Like, in the rest of the movie, like, you have some kind of hilarious thing happening in every single new setting, right? And in Sugar Rush, they had, like, three, four, maybe five, like, really significant beats that depended on that that scene. Like, or that, excuse me, that setting. So I really feel like the movie would have been... Because, like, to me, it really just kind of fell flat in that area. And it's like, if they had used the opportunity and turned it into a micro... Uh, Mar- Microsoft, I don't know why Microsoft here, Mario Kart, like, sort of thing where they had multiple levels in it, that would have given them a lot more settings to create hilarious beats in and keep the whole thing going because like
1: well I think the intention was to have the multiple levels right because that's where you get the Diet Coke Mentos Mountain but we just didn't see them
0: right and they needed to show them to us is is the thing like it's just so much less inspired than the rest of the movie is the problem like and that's the thing is my expectations were so high going into that movie and there's so much good in it that it's just like you get to that point and you're like okay um, alright, What what's next? Like, you just kind of waiting. Like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a typical animated movie for families kind of thing, which I love and I'm obsessed with. And it's not supposed to, sur- like, be incredibly surprising, right? So we generally know where the story beats are. And so the whole thing in telling the story well is, like, in surprising us in how you tell it, not really necessarily the events, right? Like... Who couldn't predict the whole? They're get gonna get into a fight, and she and he's eventually gonna like you know they'll make up in the end when it turns out that he realizes he was being manipulated and all that you know like sure there was that little extra twist at the end but but other than that you you know how it's gonna go and the sections where the predictable parts are I, pre, not that pre, being predictable is not a negative but like you need to flesh out the predictable parts in ways where there's this additional layer of enjoyment on top of it, you know? Like, being predictable is not a bad thing if, you're presenti- if your presentation is really strong around the parts that are predictable. And I just felt like the parts that were predictable lined up perfectly with the parts that we had already been exposed to the setting and had kind of settled in, you know? Um, yeah. Then it's completely separate from the fact that I think some of the CG was really weak. But that's a whole different thing. And when I say really weak, I'm completely being hyperbolic. Like that is, it's not really weak. It's still, you know, impressive. It's just not Pixar level good. And Pixar sets my, like my standards for that kind of thing. So I, (laughs) so I, yeah. Um, anyways, so that was that. I also rewatched Tron Legacy again. (sighs) (laughs) Um,
1: talking about terrible movies that we enjoy yes that movie
0: (laughs) while i'm watching it like i i'm like grinning from ear to ear the entire time i'm watching it but man there are there's so much bad in that movie there's so much bad there's so much bad and not a whole lot of awesome (laughs) like
1: every once in a while i just get like this tron legacy craving yeah and you know for a while tron uprising had me had filled that with good stories and with the same feel so i still have Um, not seen
0: a even like a second of Tron Uprising. And I oh, need to do that because you got
1: to watch it. Yeah. it. I mean, it's not avatar, right? But it's, it's good. Um, I mean, there are some episodes that aren't, but I think overall it's, it's going good places. I assume it is coming back eventually i wouldn't know I, I intend to intend to get into it um yeah it's it's hard to tell because it comes on disney xd and the way disney xd does its seasons and stuff is like completely unpredictable like they'll show five episodes here and five episodes there and like you so there'll be like a month between segments of five episodes um, oh
0: um but going back to tron legacy so the really funny thing is like I, you know, I love that movie, but there's there's definitely, it's not a great movie. It's a really, but I think it's a, basically a perfect sequel, you know? Like, well, not perfect. No, not it perfect. is not, not a perfect, perfect sequel. sequel. Tron does not play significant enough a role in it. Amen. But, aside from that, like, feel-wise, like, frankly, it's a better movie than the original Tron. And I love the original oh, yeah. Tron. But the original Tron, like, people, like, it was... It was landmark at the time, but man, it's a weak movie. Like I lo- I adore it and this movie is basically like it's not the best sequel that we could get because Tron should have played a significant role, but it's probably still a better sequel than the original movie deserved. <laughs>
1: and That's that's so Batman. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the one they want, but it's the one they deserve.
0: Well, so, so what I mean is like, you know, if you made a movie that was just as good as the original Tron, I... No. Like, that would have just been bad. Like, so anybody... Like, it's one thing if you go into Tron and you're disappointed in that, like, man, I wish that were a better movie. Or I wish Tron was more significant. Or Tron Legacy, rather. Uh, Or I wish Tron was more significant in it. That's one thing. But if you go in and you're like, oh, that's really disappointing, like, you know, I'm a huge fan of the original and that's disappointing... I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, guys, yeah, you really I, I gotta- get what you're,
1: it. Gave me the exact feel I wanted from a Tron movie. Exactly. Yeah. The only my biggest complaint is it lacked Tron. <laughs> right. I'm like, you can't call the movie Tron.
0: <laughs> and he does save things at the end.
1: Hey, it's but, not enough.
0: But it's not uh, enough. No, I, no, no. I was, I was. I was Tron
1: like, plays a much better role in Tron Uprising.
0: So okay, um, uh, but he's actually in it. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I do try and think about how they could like. With the same movie, essentially, what, what the smallest change would have been such as, like, that they would have needed to do in order to give Tron a more significant role. And honestly, it might have just been a recognition of having a, shoot, what's his name? Um, the, the program, the, the original guy who made the system. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I watched this movie this week. Why can't I not think of his name? Uh, Bruce Slider? No, no, no. Uh, no, because he's the one that Tron is designed after.
1: Right, he made Tron's program, right, but right. not the MC.
0: Right, well, yeah, so who's, uh, what's his name? The main, main guy, the guy who used to be CEO before he disappeared. The, the,
1: oh, that's the guy whose kid is at the beginning of right. Tron Legacy.
0: And is the main character of Tron Legacy.
1: No. Oh, no, that guy? Um Flynn. I thought you meant Kevin the other Flynn. One. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, uh what's the son's name, then? Uh, uh Who knows? Flynn's kid. Blonde
1: kid? kid? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> Flynn's son. Um, yeah, so Flynn, like maybe if they had just had the point where he recognized that Tron was there earlier.
1: Right. Or I don't understand is if I was clue, I'd want everyone to know that that program was Tron, you know? Right. Yeah, I would too. i would beaten you into submission. This is Tron. And I feel like if it had been more obvious from the beginning, that bad guy who is chasing me is actually Tron. I mean, it was obvious from the beginning, but it was inferred between the lines. I feel like it should have been more stated. From the beginning, the, the one point um, that
0: they state it—it's what like a third of the way through the movie when they have the flat. Flynn is telling his son about what happens. He
1: thinks Tron died, right?
0: But it's in that flashback that you see Tron get killed. Wait, is that it? No,
1: you see Tron get killed in the flashback, but it's not right. until very close to the end that they blatantly state right. that this program well, is it, Tron.
0: So if Fl- if Flynn goes Tron. Like, right. Yeah. Which
1: I, I think I think if they had made it more obvious from the beginning and then made it more sinister, I think well, it's where, well, like where Tron was constantly dogging young Flynn. I, yeah, uh, I would say
0: that and then have him get exposed to adult Flynn earlier. So, you know, at the very end when he turns, like it's so sudden and un- like, yeah, like it, it's, no it's foreshadowed or- about a minute, like a minute earlier. Right. right. That's it. And it's just when he pulls away.
1: And, and you know these are very small changes right. they could have done to make it a better movie. So if they just if, if, <laughs> and if
0: they had exposed like done that earlier, where just like he's been dogging him, dogging him, dogging him, and then finally like he sees Flynn like the dad, and that makes him like hesitate for just a second, and then like three or four times throughout the movie you see him hesitate just a little bit, like. You know, just to build it up so it's not yeah. just all of a sudden at the end. Like, finally, like right. you, can see you could have had the choice. first
1: hesitation where young Flynn says, I'm such and such Flynn, and then he hesitates, right? right. And, uh, yeah, and and then it's like, now he's fighting the system. But, yeah, they they completely right. miss that opportunity. And so each
0: hesitation is a little bit longer, and then finally at the very end, he pulls away, and that seems to be all he can do. And then at the very, very end, he comes in and saves the day. Like, that's it. And super small change, and that would have made it, like, It would have made it a a better movie because that end wouldn't have felt quite as much as a deus ex machina or however you say it, but, uh, it uh, it wouldn't have felt quite as much of that and it would have made Tron feel more significant in the, in the movie. Um, but other than that, like that said, that's a really small change, right? Like the movie as a whole pretty, like pretty close to, or pretty good sequel feel wise, right? Like I agree. I, and the Daft Punk soundtrack And it's just hurt. so
1: enjoyable. Like
0: it's just a fun movie. Yeah.
1: It's just a fun movie.
0: It, it, it's definitely a movie where like when I'm watching it, like in the back of my mind is like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. But then at the same time, I'm like, but this is so fun. Yes. Right? You just kind of. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was one more thing that I had media related thing. I wanted to, Oh, Dr. Who. Dr. Who. Okay, so the theory. Which have you listened to the new, the incomparable that went up this week? I'm
1: I. Uh, I have twenty minutes left in it. Okay,
0: so they will discuss at the very end. They might have already said it, but when they talk about whatever the actor who was shown at the very end of the finale, can I say his name? Or uh, spoilers, yeah, John right? John Hurt, right? John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, guy. I, I couldn't think of the Pops name. out
1: of his chest. Well,
0: so the reason <laughs> I couldn't. I wasn't saying his name as I couldn't think of it, but yeah, <laughs> as soon as you said that, it then popped into my mind. So um, so they talk about that, story. and I had already come up with this theory, but then Jason, uh, on The Incomparable, Jason Snell mentions it, and, and apparently lots of people are talking about it, which makes sense. It's not exactly a subtle... Is it like, the,
1: ninth a, the, uh, the, the Ninth Doctor or the Valeyard Yard theory?
0: The Ninth Doctor. That he actually was the Ninth, but then isn't counted because of the fact that you know right. he, he's disowned and that he is the one who killed everybody in the time war right like right. I mean, it totally makes sense to me like that was the first thing i was like oh that's a really interesting thought like what if he's the one who did it because i can't imagine eccleston like his doctor killing everybody right like like he,
1: he right because definitely... eccleston's the ptsd doctor not right. the soldier.
0: right exactly and so he's the ptsd one and he is a little and bit you can't really imagine
1: eight doing it either
0: I, so I don't know eight. So um, she's like fluffy. Okay, yeah. Like, so so it yeah, it, it makes total sense that like a puppy. That the no I don't know anything about the velyard, but I in the podcast they mentioned that like there was something said in the episode that seemed to imply they're trying to get that out of our minds. Like that was like they mentioned it just. They so mentioned that we the
1: would... velyard in the episode. Yes. Right. Uh, so what is the velyard? I don't. know. So the velyard is supposedly after the doctor when the doctor regenerates for the. Twelfth time, I want to say twelfth time, maybe thirteenth. One of his later regenerations that we haven't reached yet. When he regenerates, it creates like a doppelganger Doctor, um, who's like all the evil and darkness in the Doctor, and he is the Valeyard. Um, and he was in like fifth Doctor story arcs. Um, I I apologize if anyone is listening to this that I do not know more. <laughs> um, and okay, I'm- so so
0: this is a part of like earlier canon.
1: This is part of old Who. Okay, yes. Okay. Pla- this is classic Who doctrine. Um, Which basically technically the Great was as well, and I didn't right, know that. The Valeyard so. came back in time, I guess, crossed his own timeline, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and was like prosecuting the Doctor, like in Time Lord courts. And uh, then it was discovered that the Valeyard was the Doctor. Um, so it was like this whole thing. Um, okay, so he's,
0: he's a doppelganger, like, you know, a spin off of the Doctor. From yes. Yes. So he's bad doctor. Interesting. Perfect. So, so I, I mean, I guess either one would work. I kind of like the idea of him be, really being the ninth doctor and just throwing off our count entirely and being like...
1: Well, see, what's interesting is if I, it must be the 13th regeneration that creates the Yard because that would make our current doctor 12, right? Right. And uh, then the next regeneration would make the Yard. So, which is so all the theories I was reading. What? Yeah. Uh, hmm were involved We're talking about that because they were like oh if our time is off then we would get the bail Yard next regeneration which so, would work
0: really well actually right it would set up whoever produces the show next well yeah like, like it'd be like okay we're, we're messing with this this whole backstory with the previous real not real ninth doctor and then once Matt Smith is over we have a built-in storyline with the valyard and we no longer have to make it centered around our companion being special <laughs> like, right. Which would be neat. Because I'm tired right. of special companions. <laughs> it's
1: like, I'm like, not tired. Okay. It, I guess it depends how we define special companions. Uh, like, I liked Donna. I, I know not everyone does. I, I, um, I'm not a
0: huge fan of Donna.
1: I, but he I, I did not yeah. pick her up because she was special. True. She became special because of him. And that's different from the Stephen Moffat girls if you will who like the doctor picks them up because they're innately different and special right well and that's well sort of
0: yeah well is that true yes
1: because I mean, you picked up amy because she was the girl with the crack in the wall
0: right and then um and then what's your name is the impossible girl um <laughs> I, I, I i hate that storyline i hate clara I, I do not like her at all. Like, I, So, it's so can weird. I just say, I listening to the Incomparable adorable.
1: podcast, I yeah. could not believe that most of them liked Clara. I was like, I, I love Scott to death in that episode. <laughs> I'm like, I, was, I was just astounded. astounded. I was like, she has no consistent characterization, so we know nothing about her. Well, they do drive home that that might be intentional, right? Like,
0: from the first two oh, so she's like
1: a blank slate person. Great. Well,
0: no, so that, like, the only, like, her, the real her, which we got recently... Is like a character who is kind of like she's clever, but she's like sometimes scared, sometimes not, whatnot. Well, no,
1: I can't believe she's. But I don't clever. think that's clearly true she's a, clearly she's an idiot. She can't even log on to Wi-Fi. That, that Wi-Fi episode frustrated me to no end. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I what kind care. of person can't log on to Wi-Fi? Who's supposed to be twenty-four years old now? No, the thing that gets
0: me is <laughs> like that was terrible. But the thing that really got me was the whole like, guys, why would locking your computer onto Wi-Fi? give people access to your brain. Your computer doesn't have an access to your brain. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's not like... No, it's it's, that
1: Your computer has a brain scanner, Michael.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, sh- I should know better as a computer person. You'd think I would have noticed those things in all my dissections of computers over the years. but
1: yeah, You would think, but you know.
0: Oh, that's the thing. Is they've been scanning my brain and removing that from my That knowledge, brain, right? Knowledge it's the whole silence.
1: Time. So let's forget that the silence wasn't even involved in whatever this epic finale of asking the question at the end and right, Stephen Moffat, you don't make sense. You don't make sense.
0: No, that's, but I do like, I did like the finale. I liked the fa- like that final episode. I liked, I really liked, uh, what's that? What was that episode in the mansion?
1: Uh, Hyde.
0: Yeah, that was good. That felt a lot like, um, it a felt lo- like Dr. Who episode. Yeah. It felt a lot <laughs> like a real Dr. Who episode. I, I, I mean, in general, this season, both, both parts, both halves of the season. I have not enjoyed Well, I say that I have thoroughly enjoyed them, because, like, even some of the worst of Doctor Who since of the new series, which is all I've watched, is really fun to me. But I haven't thought it to be good. I agree. So, um, I mean, I w- if Doctor Who never got better than it was, and this is definitely my least favorite of all the seasons up to this point, I would still continue to watch it. Like, it's still enough fun that I would keep watching it. But but I, I really don't know. It, it
1: might reach a point for me where I wait till the end of the season and then watch it.
0: Um, I would. Well, it, it depends. If it did it for a couple seasons in a row, maybe. But I would. Hey, wait a minute!
1: It. I have to answer this. Okay. My real phone's ringing. All right, go ahead. Sorry, that's the guy who's coming to turn on my swamp cooler. He's probably going to be here in fifteen minutes, but it shouldn't affect our conversation. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray and now I cannot be hot anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yay for air conditioner. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh! Yesterday was terrible, Michael. <laughs> It was so hot. I believe you. Every, like, everything in my house is open right now. I'm just like, get in, get in air. I I have circulation going because my front door and my back door are kind of like, they can almost like line of sight between them. So at least I have like a breeze going through. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but that's off topic. Uh, Did you see The Great Gatsby?
0: Yeah, we talked about it, didn't we? On Twitter?
1: Did we talk about it? Did we?
0: I think so. I liked it a lot. Um, I like it a lot, too. <laughs> I, it was a... Oh, yeah, we did talk about it, because I mentioned, like, I like it a lot more than I remember liking the book. Um, but I don't I, know
1: if we actually did talk about this. I'm pretty sure we did.
0: But if whatever. Uh, yes, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I am a big fan of Baz Luhrmann, so I knew what I was getting into going in. Um, right. And well, see,
1: I, I like the book, so I, you know...
0: I, so this is um, a friend of ours on... Uh, asked me what I thought about it on Facebook, and I commented on his thing. So let me find his find the post on his wall that I commented, because it was really long. Um, okay. So, because he was asking, like, he was complaining about the fact that apparently Fast and Furious 6 has been getting better ratings than Great Gatsby. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure it's just a matter of expectations. Because uh, You know, when you see Great Gatsby, a lot of people are going to expect a by-the-numbers, here's-an-old-story sort of thing. Right. When instead they're getting a Baz Luhrmann film, which is an interpretation of the book, you know?
1: But a good interpretation. Sure, sure. Like, as someone who loves the book and has read it five times.
0: But it's still not a paint-by-numbers thing, right? It's It's not
1: paint-by-numbers necessarily because Fitzgerald expects you to infer a lot. Right right right. Almost and so- he, ba, Baz Lerman, whatever his name is, uh right. takes those inferences and makes them obvious. So you don't have to infer them. That's exactly it. So Right. And those those old movies don't. And because they they also lose the inference though, the right. older movies, because there's no words to infer it. So you're like it's like all the old movies I've seen are flat. They're hollow representations oh, so of the I'm great a, Gatsby.
0: He- oh, so I haven't seen the old movies of Gatsby. I, sorry, I heard all the old movies. I was just like, I'm going to have to stand up to old, no, 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 uh, for no, no. no. Movies, all right?
1: the old Great Gatsby movies. Okay, okay, I gotcha. are like flat interpretations of the Great Gatsby because they're trying too hard to be by the numbers and they're not pulling out those things that Fitzgerald expects you to infer.
0: Right, but but let's say you're a person who is a big fan of the book and maybe you don't like the old movies. But you want in, and you still want something that feels like the book, right? And you're a person who doesn't want this ostentatious thing that Lerman is going to put out, or however, you know. Wait, and the, one the minute, pig- Okay, go ahead.
1: Swamp cooler guy is here. Hooray! Air conditioning! <laughs> All right,
0: so what I was about to say, though, is, like, instead of comparing... I don't, I don't feel like we should be comparing the old movies to the new movie, but rather, like... The experience that someone who really likes the book is expecting right um I and, got
1: the experience I was expecting,
0: but that's you because you're also ex- like you also but I felt
1: like it was a good interpretation
0: well, I know but like let's say you had gone in blind um and okay, so here let me use the metaphor that I actually used for our for the fr- the friend I was saying uh so it, it's a piece of film not just putting the book on screen. And, but if someone isn't a fan of the sort of Flash that Baz Luhrmann uses, that can probably be distracting to them. So, like, the metaphor was more of a, like, let's say you're someone who likes, there's, you know, a classical piece of music that you like, you never listen to it above a certain volume, it's got a lot of intricacy in it, and it's, it's you know, it's an intricate intricate piece, you really, really like it, but maybe a lot of other people can't necessarily enjoy it. Then someone comes along and interprets that piece and they might have like the entirety of the piece that you like in it but add a whole lot around it to kind of emphasize the various intricate parts to make it more dynamic more um more appreciable by other people to kind of drive home the things that you already see in the original but is lost on a lot of other people and you might like you know if you're someone who just has never listened to louder music and just don't you don't like stuff like that because you think it's overdone almost. You think like, you know what? If it's not just subtlety, then it's then it's kind of a you almost see it as a negative, right? Then you might dislike that adaptation. But at the same time, if you're someone who likes the original, you might end up also being someone who does like that adaptation that is also then more appreciable by other people and really is just as you know just as detailed and just as intricate as the original but it's got but it kind of drives it home more you know hey one minute uh uh-huh
1: sorry (laughs) sorry i was worried Gallad might actually try to take down the baby gate now that there's someone like outside and i didn't Uh, want him escaping into the great wide world gotcha (laughs) <laughs> but, but, anyway, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, um, so
0: like, now that said, I, of course, I loved it. And I do, I'm pretty sure I will go back. if When I reread The Great Gatsby, I'll probably like it a lot. I mean, I'm not a freshman in high school anymore. Like, I didn't like it then, but I think back on it. And like two-thirds of the classics I had to read back then, I didn't like. And I'm pretty sure I would like them now. So, um but I, I feel like it's more of a, some people like, you know, I don't want to call them myopic, I don't want to call them like, but it's almost like they just don't value the added emotional velocity, right? Like, they, or they don't add, they don't value that extra um, that extra accessibility. You know, they yeah. don't add, they don't add, they don't value the the larger-than-life aesthetics and so on. They would rather something try and be exactly the book rather than interpret it to take advantage of the media and my
1: my problem as someone who loves the book with those people is that you cannot translate directly a book from a book to a movie
0: i agree with you Um, completely
1: now there are some movies that do it worse than others (laughs) that i'm like they completely completely. missed the soul of the book or whatever but that
0: doesn't Um, change the fact that the people can't it doesn't change that they can still want it you know, right? It doesn't, it doesn't change that they
1: can want it, um, but I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, there were there was one thing they changed that I didn't like, and there was one thing they changed that I understood and accepted. Um, which was uh, I didn't like that uh, Nick was in some sort of mental hospital. I don't, I don't even know what that was about. Um, I didn't
0: get I, the idea that it was a mental hospital so much as that he was talking. It said asylum. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Never um,
1: And then they made Daisy way more sympathetic in the movie, which I totally understand. Um, I, th- I feel like it made it more compelling. Um, I, made I that feel ending... like it probably made it a more accessible movie. It made that ending uh,
0: crushing. Like, right?
1: But I, to me, I don't know. To me, part of the beauty of The Great Gatsby, if you will, uh, as a tragic novel, was that Gatsby was never going to get what he wanted from Daisy. Um, and it was all a delusion in his mind. That
0: is that is true. It does make it seem more in the in the movie. It does seem, of course, it makes it seem like she actually might go with him. Right, right.
1: now, I totally understand. I'm and I, as I said, I didn't dislike it. Um, I totally get it. Um, I, I get why they did that because they wanted to have this compelling love story arc to to. You it know, makes, for people to latch onto, it makes
0: Gatsby the character more sympathetic. Like, because if if he's going and he's obviously not going to get it, it, you know, it's almost like a okay, come well, on.
1: Okay, dude, so stop. I think the difference is it's not that it was obvious in the book that he wasn't going to get Daisy. Uh, well, maybe it was to us, the outsider, but I, I don't think it was obvious to Gatsby. And I and I think the reason for that is is because I think Daisy is a lot more of a manipulative character in the book. Um, I think she convinces Gatsby she will leave Tom for not, not like by saying it but I think by her actions she, she convinces Gatsby she's in love right and but but you as the outsider because you're viewing it from Nick you you both see the face she puts on for for Gatsby and you see the face she puts on for Tom because you're in both of those situations I follow. And, and you see how those they contradict each other and um, the movie that doesn't come across at all right which movie, is fine I, I I you know I as I said I wasn't opposed to that change I was like I get why they did this I get why it made it more accessible um, and i I don't think it destroys the story of The Great Gatsby. Like, I think it's a slightly different variation of a tune, if you will. Um, Because the story is about, you know, putting all your hopes and dreams in a dream and not getting it. Um, And that was still there. Right. So... I I really enjoyed the movie minus the asylum aspect, <laughs> which I was just like, what are you trying to do to me? Uh, this doesn't make any sense. But everything else I really enjoyed. I will buy this movie when it comes oh, out I and I will probably watch it over and over and over and over again. You know, I've read the book five times. <laughs> Um,
0: but the whole thing that I was go- getting at with that, though, is like it was more trying to explain why I think the ratings might be unreasonably low on it, right? Because like right. you're going to get the people who... I've read some are...
1: critical reviews. You're right. I've read some critical reviews that are like, you know, clearly the magic of The Great Gatsby must be in F. Scott Fitzgerald's writing because it just doesn't translate at all to the screen. And people who say stuff like that, you know... Hoity-toity critics. <laughs> I uh, I challenge them if they actually understand The Great Gatsby. Um, because F. Scott Fitzgerald was writing a lurid. People hated uh, it at the time. Critics people is, hated it at yeah. the time. And F. Scott Fitzgerald was one of those writers that I actually do believe when um, teachers are trying to point out the things that are the hidden depths in it just because i know his whole goal in life was to write the great american novel right. so he pulled out all the stops you know and uh yeah people hated it at the time i was like this novel is not it's a great i love it but you know i i don't know the movie was a good interpretation
0: don't hold it on a like e- e- like don't don't try and, and make it seem like the a movie can be a bad interpretation because it's lurid like because it's because right. it seems to be flashy and seems to be risque. Right. And so it's like, that. And yes, that is yes, what the book is. Yes,
1: 1920s uh, parties were not like that. No, not at all. Um, and, the, and the music but, was
0: clearly not like that. and so. But on. they were
1: trying to make us understand. It's like money inflation, exactly. right? It's, They're it's trying to make inflation. us understand that it's cultural inflation. They're trying to make us understand what people in that time viewed those parties right. as. Because
0: if you did it exactly as it was in the 20s, you know what? Not a single person is going to you're not going to feel it the way that somebody reading right. it at the time how was. You are you, ever you, are, believe you are lying to yourself if you think that you are interpreting it the same way that they did. You can try and interpret it and imagine, it, but it's not going to have the same emotional impact on you
1: as it is. You have
0: to right. inflate it.
1: How how am yeah. I supposed to believe as a woman who lives now or a person, not just a, a woman, but any person that uh you know, oh, skirts that Almost show your knees because they did not show the knees in the 20s, despite what movies you know right. try to tell us. But you can't have women wearing these long skirts on there, and then expect me to believe as a modern person that that is you know immodest and uh, uh, pushing boundaries. Because I, you know, yes, I get that from historical yeah, sp- perspective. Like, that is
0: the kind of thing you're gonna have to you're gonna have to point it out explicitly if you're trying to keep it to the letter of the time. Right. And that can get un- it can get tiring if you have right. to do that for a lot of the movie right, right. like so exactly. instead you you go for the feel that the book should have had at the time and you bring it to a modern audience and that's what he did right, right? like right um so <laughs> where I, that soundtrack i walked out i bought it and I, I bought it on my phone like i stepped outside bought it and then stepped inside to watch another movie but but i uh but i stepped outside and bought it like that second oh that was such a good soundtrack it um, was... So many I, great, like, covers, like, by artists I don't normally like that much, but they just really cool, like, interpretations of other songs that we've heard. And it's funny, because a lot of the songs are old by our standards, but they're so much newer than the 1920s. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, that it's just like, you know, they would be crazy at the time, even if you just used the original versions of the songs. Um, but yeah, no, I, that was... It's just such a it's a big movie with big ideas it is. just like the book was a movie uh, uh, the book was a book with big ideas so indeed um so yeah definitely like that a
1: lot um you'll ha- we'll have to do a podcast where you read the book <laughs> and we talk about it I, there's so many things <laughs> maybe I we have can to talk read. about classic uh movies to screen like books to screen just classics just ones. classics yeah ooh that's like anna karenina mm. uh Great Gatsby. Great. Uh, I, I
0: have an unreasonable, so not an unreasonable. I, so Anna Karenina is one of those things where I can see some of the flaws that people called out, but I adore that movie because of some very specific things it did. Like, yeah. There, there are some things it did that just, I will always love that movie because those things were so novel. Um, and I feel like nobody ever mentions them. So I yeah. enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: I have um, not bought it yet, but I'm going to, I have
0: bought, I, I watched every single one of the Oscar nominees from last year. And I haven't bought any of them yet, just because I'm trying to like be responsible with money for a change. So I'm I, me I, too. I intend to own all of them, but I have to wait and like okay, I'll wait until they each drop on sale, and then I'll pick one up, and then I'll pick the next up, and I pick the next up. But I loved every single one of the nominees from last year. Um, so was Anna Karenina nominated?
1: Or I it was nominated for certain awards. I don't know if it was nominated <laughs> as best picture. It was nominated for best picture, but I loved. I did love it quite a bit. Um,
0: yeah. Last year was a good year for movies. Um, this year is
1: going to be a great summer for movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. What what is coming? So there's all Superman,
1: Superman, uh, much ado about nothing sitting theaters too.
0: Yes. So excited. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I own, um, upstream color, which is the second movie by the guy who did primer. Oh, have you seen primer yet?
1: Yes. I've seen primer.
0: So he just did his second movie and it went to, um, it was, very very limited release um in theaters so the vast majority of cities didn't get it uh, or did get it after it released on blu-ray so um, i pre-ordered it on amazon and i've had it i just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it because that's a movie where i'm going to sit down to watch it if i like am intending to sit down and shut my brain now, i don't know anything about it and i don't want to know anything about it just like i didn't know
1: anything about primer going into it but i all i knew about oh, primer was that xkcd comic and yeah. i didn't understand it Oh, Which, one minute. Uh, go ahead. I don't know what's happening.
0: <laughs> Are you back or
1: momentarily?
0: I think it's uh-huh. really funny that now we know that your uh, air conditioning guy knows Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How appropriate. <laughs> oh, fun times! So, Gallant made the Who. Doctor crash. <laughs> your uh your doctor or your dog is the bane of the doctor is that is that what we've established
1: uh I think what we've actually established is that the doctor has crossed worlds into the wheel of time where he met uh, the Lord Captain Commander of the children of the Light and disliked him as most people do This makes me realize that we would actually probably have a
0: few really good episode titles from this post show, but I'm I'm gonna have to listen carefully to see if we have anything funny that we said in the uh in the main the main episode. It would probably be like, we're gonna have to talk about Thor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Something like that.
1: But that'll make people think the show is about Thor. Well, that's the
0: point, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> How many times does Mandy say, let's we're gonna have to talk about Thor in this one podcast?
0: <laughs> oh, this is fun.
1: Uh, we need to talk uh, podcast logistics, too, at some point. Um, I guess we can stop
0: the post-show now so we can stop recording and then...
1: Yeah, so, just our so. Great Gatsby discussion will have been the end. Moral right. story, I like the Great Gatsby. All right, let's stop recording now.